Hello and welcome to Formosa News. I'm Ian Kavat. And I'm Karen Chen. Our top story today. Taiwan has added a fifth local case to a COVID cluster at Taoyuan General Hospital. The latest case is a nurse in her 50s who had worked in the same ward as a doctor diagnosed last week. The health minister says the cases in this cluster are displaying faster transmission and shorter incubation periods compared with what Taiwan has seen before. Tight new controls were placed on the Taoyuan Hospital on Monday as officials raced to contain the outbreak. Today, we have patient number 863, a nurse who works at the same hospital as patient number 838. She was tested on January 12th, and the result was negative. She developed a stuffy nose and a cough on January 14th and 15th. Since she was a contact of patient number 856, she was tested again and diagnosed with COVID today. In the course of one week, the cluster infection at Taoyuan General Hospital has grown to involve five medical professionals. The CECC has launched six response measures. In response to this hospital cluster, we have launched the following precautions. First, CECC staff will be stationed at the hospital, forming a command post that is directly responsible for communication, coordination and liaison with the CECC. Second, we are closing the hospital ward that the confirmed patient had been active in. We'll clear out and disinfect the space and only reopen it after environmental sampling shows that it's safe. Third, the affected floors will be cleared out and entry will be severely restricted. Fourth, experts will go in to give guidance and assistance on implementing COVID prevention measures in a hospital. Fifth, patients will only be discharged and no new patients will be admitted. Visits are forbidden and only one private caretaker may accompany each patient and care workers must provide their real name. Six, we will encourage hospital staff to conduct self-health management. If they experience mild symptoms, they will need to report them immediately and not seek medical care on their own. Compared to last year's hospital outbreak, this one has sparked a much stronger reaction from the CECC. Health Minister Chen Shizhong said that new cluster was more concerning than the last. Over the past few days, the outbreak has developed at a much faster pace than what we've seen before. The time from exposure to symptom onset is actually quite short, just two or four days. This timeline is obviously shorter than what we've had in our past experience, so we are a little worried. With such rapid transmission, we need to move even faster. We're hoping to improve administrative efficiency to tighten our controls on the epidemic. The in-hospital command station will be headed by CCC official Victor Wang. He was at the hospital to establish protocols on Monday in hopes of bringing the outbreak to a swift and decisive end. President Tsai Ing-wen has appealed for calm as a fifth local case was added to a cluster at Taoyuan General Hospital. Speaking at a bakery in Ilan, Tsai said Taiwan's outbreak remained contained. She also called for the public to support and empathize with the healthcare workers infected in the line of duty. Tsai headed to Elan's countryside on Monday for a tour of a local bakery where she sampled an assortment of treats. Now, I've eaten a lot of cheesecake, and this cheesecake is lovely. The kumquat really gives it a special something. It's inspired. This is extremely delicious. Tsai sang the praises of local delicacies, giving encouragement to the young entrepreneurs behind the business and promoting Elan tourism. Tsai also had words for the public regarding a COVID cluster involving five medical professionals. 
，那那个有几个本土案例，不过咱的整体的疫情。Although these past few days we've had a few local infections, we still have a firm control over the pandemic. There's no need to worry or panic. The president sounded a reassuring note. She also read aloud an open letter that thanked Taiwan's healthcare workers. The medical workers on the front line face the greatest risk. They're also under the most stress. For our sake, they are standing guard on the front line. To all these medical professionals who are able to stand firm at their posts, as president, I am very grateful. We must all wear our masks and wash our hands and observe all the other rules in place to prevent transmission. That is the greatest thing we can do to support our medical staff. At a separate venue, Premier Su Zhenchang issued a similar call. 全国医务人员，大家撑着也撑了一年多。Taiwan's healthcare workers have fought the good fight for more than a year. Incidents are inevitable. They braved great risk and spared no pains to care for patients who are strangers to them. And now they've ended up getting infected themselves. We should cheer on our medical professionals and give them words of encouragement. I'd also like to make a request of my fellow Taiwanese. Due to the worsening of the pandemic, please minimize travel and replace it with video conference as much as you can. Su urged people to restrict their movements and to follow health guidelines to ease the burden on medical staff. In these COVID times, one small misstep could lead to a crisis. With local COVID cases increasing, there's a chance the Taiwan Lantern Festival will be called off this year. The annual event is scheduled to take place in Shenzhou City starting February 26. Now, the central and local governments are at odds over whether to cancel. Here's the mayor of Shenzhou. Also, in the last week, we continue to communicate. We continued to communicate on this issue with the central government last week. We're hoping to move in the direction of not holding the 2021 Lantern Festival. We hope to discuss and resolve this issue together. We hope the Tourism Bureau of the Transport Ministry will adopt Shenzhou City's proposal to cancel the Lantern Festival. The people of Taiwan must unite to make epidemic prevention the highest priority. No so-called cancellation. The question is not, will the festival be cancelled? The question is, how can we hold it while giving priority to epidemic prevention so that we can still have a normal life? As we're in the situation, let us make some adjustments and inject some creativity into the Lantern Festival in Shenzhou. As we just heard, the transport minister is happy to press ahead, while the local mayor is less so. Preparations are already well underway for the festival, which will feature a spectacular bamboo lantern that rises up 15 meters. A decision will be reached in the coming days after both sides consult with the Central Epidemic Command Center. Zhonghua Post broke ground on a 28.3 billion NT logistics center in Taoyuan on Monday. The sprawling state-of-the-art facility will be able to sort, process, and deliver 70% of Taiwan's mail volume using automated navigation systems supported by artificial intelligence. Construction of the center is set for completion in 2024. With the dig of the golden shovels, Premier Su Zhenchang and other top brass break ground on a new logistics center in northern Taiwan. This 工程
The construction projects involved will be completed in turn, starting from the end of this year to March 2024. It will allow the processing of 70% of the country's domestic and foreign mail. Charting the future of logistics, Zhonghua posted it would apply high technology for end-to-end mail monitoring. It said a fully automated handling system will combine artificial intelligence and navigation software to direct mail baskets to designated platforms, allowing savings on manpower and improved efficiency. The new Northern Taiwan Logistics Center will span more than 150,000 pings. 12,000 of that will be warehouse space, and 2,400 pings will be office space for domestic and international logistics companies. We will apply a barcode on the mail carts. Using this ID, we can increase the efficiency of our unloading and identification operations. In addition, we will also support e-commerce companies. Through our logistics channels, they can distribute to every region of Taiwan and to some 200 countries of the world, so as to maximize the benefits of e-commerce. The center is expected to take three years to complete. It will integrate resources from customs, postal services and inspection agencies to enhance the efficiency of customs clearance and become a top logistics center for trade with Southeast Asia. A Tainan noodle restaurant has been named number 72 in an online list of the best traditional restaurants in the world. The Food Atlas gave the nod to Du Shaoyue, an eatery that follows the old recipes to make Taiwan's classic Danzai noodle dish. This shop looks just like a Danzai noodle restaurant from the old days, even down to the low-down kitchen counters. Bowls of noodles or rice are covered in meat sauce, plus a shrimp and a dousing of soup. A small bowl goes a long way. The Taste Atlas is a Croatian website dedicated to the world's finest food. Its latest list of the 100 best traditional restaurants in the world on a Tainan eatery Du Xiaoyue at number 72, the only Taiwanese restaurant on the list. When I heard, I was so shocked. We've always maintained the way previous generations did things. We really didn't know we would have the honor of being selected like this. The noodles here are really something else. Black and white photos show how Danzai noodles were once carried on the backs of vendors to sell on the street, while customers squatted on the sidewalk. Times have changed, but the recipe hasn't. The restaurant has spread all around Taiwan and overseas, while critics on the Taste Atlas noted that the simple look of the dish belies its fantastic flavor. <laughs> In previous years, the Taste Atlas featured Taiwanese pineapple cake as number 49 on the list of the 100 best sweets. Whether you want sweet or savory, Taiwan has it all. Located at over 3,300 meters above sea level, Jiaming Lake in Taidong County is the second highest lake in Taiwan. It has been reported that the Alpine Lake is now frozen over due to the recent cold spell. Nicknamed Angel's Teardrop, this small lake has turned from its former blue color to an icy gray due to the recent sub-zero temperatures. Hikers brave enough to make the difficult hike to the lake were rewarded with this rare sight. Authorities are reminding the public to take all necessary precautions, including snow gear and warm clothing, before attempting the long and arduous hike to the lake. A new Coast Guard patrol boat, the PP-3590, arrived at Hualien and reported on duty on Monday. At 35 tons, she's small but strong, and she'll be deployed by the Hualien Maritime Patrol to protect Taiwan's waters. 
The 88.5 million NT patrol ship boasts a top speed of 45 knots and a range of up to 600 nautical miles, which allows for longer periods at sea. The hull is made of aluminium alloy with enhanced collision resistance. It's also armed with water cannons that can be used to fight fires at sea, as well as to drive away trespassing ships. Results have been published for the government's probe into carcinogens on face masks. More than 100 models of colourful face masks were tested for illegal azo dyes and formaldehyde, which can be carcinogenic. Officials said that all the masks tested negative, but they'll continue to conduct inspections to ensure product safety. Amid a scare over carcinogenic dyes and face masks, the Health and Economics Ministries launched a probe into 30 models of medical-grade masks and 82 non-medical masks available on the market. No illegal dyes were discovered, and all the masks passed muster. Right now, we're seeing more and more different styles of colorful masks and increasingly diverse sales channels. So the Bureau will monitor mask distribution and labeling and it will continue to run quality inspection. Meanwhile, the Consumers Foundation on Monday announced the results of its own investigation on 20 medical-grade face masks on the market. Three models were found to contain trace amounts of lead in their outer fabric layer. The manufacturers of the masks were all listed companies, Nanliu Enterprise, Medtex Group and Fenghe. To get these colors on the face masks, they apply dyes and pigments containing heavy metal. If they're released and come in contact with our body in the long term through breathing, it would have some impact on our health. I think the Ministry of Health and Welfare should lay out a set of standards for medical-grade masks. The foundation also found medical-grade masks that fell below filtering standards for PM2.5. There were six models that didn't meet our national standard of an 80% filtration rate. The Consumers Foundation says that when choosing masks, go for products with complete labeling. Secondly, choose white, blue or green masks with an uncolored inner layer, which are liable to be safer. At the Taipei Zoo, school is in session. The zoo has launched the Animal Behavior Academy to help visitors learn more about its denizens. Starting January, visitors can get a better understanding of animal behavior through 30-minute lectures by zookeepers. For Mosin News reporter Stephanie Yang sits in on a class. The Taipei Zoo has launched the Animal Behavior Academy. You can learn more about parrots. Visitors to the zoo are often curious about the animals they see and want to learn more about their behavior. To satisfy that curiosity, Taipei Zoo has launched the Animal Behavior Academy. Visitors can attend educational lectures featuring animals to learn about their body structure, locomotion, and their abilities to adapt to different environments. The, the Behavior Academy is originally from um, our idea to perform like animal theater, but the, the Behavior Academy are more educational tours. So we are using different kind of animals to show how animal locomotion in the wild. Classes began in January and will be held two Sundays a month. In every class, visitors can watch several animals engage in their natural behaviors. The featured animals are those that have lived in the zoo's children's area for a long time. There are Florida king snakes, hens, lemurs, white-necked lemurs, raccoons, sunflower-crested cockatoos, meerkats, alpacas, and mini horses. So like, for instance, that we show how the snake crawl and show how meerkat digging and to show them how um, lemurs jumping. We also show the different kind of um, um, hoof stock. For instance, we use uh, horse and uh, alpaca. We are using a lot of animal training methodology. Um, we are not 
like a circus, because circus they tend to more using the um, negative way to train the animal, but we are using positive reinforcement training methodology. So um, animal, we are using these uh, for animal welfare uh, issues. So animals are doing this on their own um, spirit. So they are not being forced to do these activities. All visitors are invited to attend the Annual Behavior Academy, which will be hosted at the zoo's children's area. There will be a 30-minute class in the morning twice a month, and admission is free. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Liu Ruqi in Taipei. A Jilong baseball team is running a campaign to collect used heat pouches to repair their field. The team from Jafu community realized they could fix potholes with a mixture of river sand and heat pouch powder, carefully processed to make sure it doesn't harm the local environment. Time for a heat pouch. Get it warming up with a bit of a rub and a shake. But for players from Jilong Jafu community baseball team, this is just the start of the story. I suddenly had an idea. I thought, the baseball team is raising money to fill in the holes in the ground by the field. We could mix the heat pouches together with the sand from the river and use it to fill in the holes. Coach Shuang Yixiang says the outfield is always producing potholes. Larger ones get filled in by the local council, but smaller ones can get overlooked. That's why he decided to use the powder in heat pouches to fill the holes, in the process encouraging the kids to take good care of their baseball field. Collecting heat pouches mean we can reduce waste on the one hand, and we want to reduce them in an eco-friendly way. Secondly, our winter holiday club can get the kids out doing work for the community, and that can bring them closer to the baseball field. The first step is to cut open the heat pouch and pour the powder together with sand from the river. It contains sodium, which could harm the growth of plants in the soil, so they wash that away in the rain before using it. The sand protects other ingredients from the heat pouch from being washed away and increases the final mixture's drainage capacity. But look, after you mix it with the sand, there start to be more cracks. Then it can drain better when there are cracks, and that gives the grass space to grow in. Jilong's fees for renting public sports fields are low. As a thank you, the Jafu team wants to take good care of the space. Reusing these heat pouches will save landfill space and keep the field usable for years to come. The Murkot orange is a big crop in Yuling, and this year farmers say the harvest is better than ever. Fruits are sweeter when the weather's cold, and with the icy January we're having, it's the perfect year for an orange bonanza. Yellow-orange murkots are adorned with red stickers and wrapped up into a festive New Year treat. Retail experts say this cold weather is a boon for temperate fruits like murkots, which have come out more beautiful than ever this year. The evenings are cold and when the sun comes out in the day, it warms up more than 10 degrees. For this kind of fruit, its late ripening and sweetening helps make it sweeter. If we take a stroll in the fruit farm, we see hundreds of murkots hanging from the trees, large and juicy. Farmers say murkots do well in cold weather, getting sweeter and sweeter in these cold snaps. These murkots get redder the colder it gets. The murkots won't be hurt by the cold until it's under 5 degrees. Last summer, the harvest was marred by bad weather, with more than half the fruit spoiling and dropping too early. That means the harvest is also smaller now. Farmers say people buy fewer citrus fruits when it's cold, so prices will have to be held down. When it's cold, consumers buy less. But with the murkots sweeter than ever this year, and large and red at that, it's the perfect season to give them a try. 
If you're stuck for a New Year's gift, why not turn to an orange?